Main thrusters look good here, Houston. What's next? Great. Let's continue with the checklist, Apollo. If you could stir those oxygen tanks for me. Absolutely. Stirring cryo tanks now. Whoa. Apollo, come in. What, what was that? Uh, that was probably nothing. Let's just continue with the checklist. Uh, probably nothing. That sounded like an explosion, Jim. Um, I mean, I'll go check if you want. Y- yes, please, if you could find uh, out. Okay, yeah. Hold on. Jesus. Okay, yeah, so there's a little bit of stuff outside the window here that looks like popcorn or something, but um, Is that's it? probably fine. No, that's probably not fine. It, it sounds like you're leaking oxygen, and according to oh our gauges God. here, you are in fact leaking. You're losing oxygen. Houston, we don't have a problem. Relax. It's fine. I'm sure it's nothing, okay? I'll go check again if you, if you want. Jim, we don't even need you to check. We can tell by our ground-based sensors that you are leaking oxygen into well, space. The sensors can be wonky because we're so far from you, and it's tough to, like, you know, it's not like Bluetooth. Jim, sorry to cut you off. We're getting another alert. One, we don't know what Bluetooth is, and also we're noticing that power is now failing in the service module. Are you reading that? Um, no, I'm not reading that. I'm reading that it's good, and I feel like we can just get to the moon, and that way I can go on the moon, and that'll be cool. Jim, we're showing complete systems failure. You're going to run out of heat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I, Jim, okay. we just got another alert. Your CO2 levels are rising dangerously. Are your scrubbers offline? I think it would take a while for like the CO2 level to get to like any dangerous position. And I also We're think... We're calculating about three hours, Jim. That's not right. I think um, maybe your sensors are off and I'm just going to go offline here for a bit. And I think maybe you could take this time to maybe take a walk and just listen to some uh, Nora Jones and just Jim, kind of chill out. This is a multi-billion dollar space mission with two premier American... Nothing is wrong. Lives on the line. You're, Three, in fact. You're blowing this out of proportion. No pun intended to the, the explosion. The entire world is watching this, Jim. Could you put Ken on the line, please? I think that Ken's busy, but again, I will go check, but I know that he hates when I bother him. Ken, can you hear us? We don't know what's going on with Jim. We think maybe he's just so obsessed with stepping on the moon that he's putting everyone's lives at risk. Let's keep going with the checklist. We're not, we can't go through the checklist. Everything we would check is on fire or venting into space. Um, I don't feel like doing this right now, so I'm going to go listen to some music, and I will talk to you later, if that's okay. Jim, Jim, don't disconnect us. Jim? Jim? Ah, that's better. Hey, Jim, is everything okay? I heard alarms. Yeah, yeah, Ken, don't worry about it. We're going to be on the moon in no time. Just talk to Houston. Everything's fine. That was just a little test we were doing. Ah, sounds good. Love you, Jim. Hey, love you too, Ken. Brothers in space. Brothers in space. All right. Science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bad Science. I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and today we're talking about quite possibly the most realistic science fiction movie of all time. Or well, maybe it's not even a science fiction movie, it's just a drama film. It's a drama. Okay. There's no fiction. So, historical fiction? fiction? No. Historical no fiction. nonfiction? It's really, yeah. It's, it all, it's, it's true. It's like a documentary, but yeah. like with cool cameras and yeah. a bunch of actors. That's true, yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Basically. It's a biopic about a spaceship. It's called Apollo 13. It's wonderful. Tom Hanks, uh, Ron Howard will talk all about it. And I want to introduce my guest, so it's not just me describing Apollo 13. We have uh, space flight historian and author Amy Shearer Title. How's it going, Amy? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm great. Fantastic. Did I get all that right? The pronunciation, <laughs> yes. everything's Yeah, cool? you're good. Okay, everybody's yeah. fine. Uh, and of course, we 
have here a brilliant writer, comedian, actress, Heather Pasternak. That's me. Hi. Hi, Heather. You forgot Cat Whisperer, but it's fine. Oh, my God. You're right. Cat it's Whisperer. It's fine. My biggest credit. Forget it. Yeah. And you're, what makes up most of your income is going to people's houses, talking to cats. Yes. A them. lot of therapy. Yes, yes. So make sure, by the way, if you want to just exit right now and <laughs> have hire Heather to do that, that's I'm totally available. fine. She's available. Nice. Um, so Apollo 13, did you guys see this movie when it came out? Did you see it for the podcast? What what level fan are you? I saw it when it came out. Yeah, I did too. I yeah. definitely saw it when it came out, but probably not again until like two days ago for this podcast. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. So, and and you were saying that you cried. I did cry. What At what point did you? Well, okay. To be honest, when the movie started, I couldn't remember how it ended. <laughs> um, I was like, wait, is this something that really happened? Or like, I couldn't remember if it was historical, kind of like we were still just talking about right now. Yeah. I was like, wait, did this really happen? And how did it end? And those kind of, I, I felt very anxious, like the same way I get when I'm watching Breaking Bad, where I almost can't even enjoy it. I'm so worried. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think I cried when I thought they weren't going to make it back, when the oxygen starts leaking out the side. Oh, wow. So it was they, very tense uh, They've moment. let go of the moon. And, like, I thought that um, – I have my cheat sheet of all the actors here. I oh, thought, smart. I thought – oh, fuck. I didn't practice pronouncing her name, though. Uh-oh. Kathleen Quinnan? The one who plays Tom Hanks' wife? Yes, yes, yes. I thought she was amazing. Like, She's every time fantastic. she so was on screen, I was like, I feel her pain. Yeah, absolutely. I made a note at one point that just how how uh, crazy it was that all of the actors seemed to be on fire. It was like totally. even just like small, tiny roles. I love in this movie, probably more than any other movie, all of these weird little side characters. All like the lower level NASA guys. And just everybody yeah. seems like, I know that like this guy has a backstory and I don't need to know what it is, but he probably has one. You know? It was also interesting watching the control room and looking at how it was like all white men working in the control room. And that was probably historically accurate, but I don't 100%. think yeah. that even would have stuck out to me the first time I watched it. And yeah, like, definitely. I never thought about now that Now in 2018, and I was like, it, yeah. ooh, they did this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I looked up today what how many... People have gone to the moon and just reading their names, it was like, oh, these are definitely clearly all white guys. Yeah, for sure. they were white Protestant middle aged men with families for the most part, mm. all military. I mean, this was like the astronaut qualification in 19. They were all selected between 1950 or 1959, 19, what, 64. So like there was not a lot of variety in the astronaut corps at that time. And yes. like, right. NASA had that deep military tradition. So I want to be sense. mad about it, but I also like don't want to go to space. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, protect your gender. Yeah, kind of. I'm like, no, we need to be down here. <laughs> yeah, it's safer. It seems safer. It I does. don't know. Yes, everything in space is trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah, definitely got that vibe from the yes. film. Um, so wait, what did you first think of the movie? Did it like inspire your life somehow? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, and the, the weirdest thing about this is in the last couple of years, I've actually become friends with Jeff Kluger, who wrote the book with uh, Jim Lovell that the movie was based on. So I've actually gotten to like talk to him about how much this movie based on his book changed my life. Wow. Um, which has been such a weird thing, but also incredible. So I was, uh, to give away my age, I was 10 when the movie came out. And I knew that I liked space and I really liked Tom Hanks because Big is one of my favorite movies. Yes. So, and my everyone loves Tom Hanks. So my parents yeah. were like, you like space. Everyone loves Tom Hanks. Let's watch this. <laughs> this is and for you. I already like, I knew 
about the moon landings. I was already fascinated, but then seeing like a recognizable actor in the situation, I was like, oh, this wasn't just engineers. This was actually people. Yeah. Like there's people with stories and families and lives. And then I was like, oh, I want to know all about the people. And that is what inspired me to be like someone who focuses on the history with like a humanities bent and actually looks for the personal stories in all of my work. Wow. So it was like, like I've, I own, I own the movie on D, uh, VHS and DVD. Wow. I don't know how many times I've watched it, but like, it still makes me tense every time. Like I yeah. was just telling you guys earlier, I put it on this morning just to kind of refresh my memory. Not that I need refreshing <laughs> on this by any stretch. Um, but just, just, you know, cause I know you're going to talk about like what's prayer. real and what's not. So mm-hmm. I figured right. I'd, I'd double check, but, uh, yeah, it was like kind of in the background and that that moment where they're going through the ionization blackout. So like they know whether or not they have made it back, they'll know by the time they get their radio signal, right? Right. And in that mission, it went that blackout period is the ionization around the spacecraft. You can't get a radio signal through. So a, they ended up going, it was about three minutes on Apollo 13. No one still knows why. It was like four and a half minutes or something. Okay. And mm. that like drawn out moment where they like pan to like the family and the sun and mission control <laughs> right. and like the wide shot. And I've been to that mission control. Mm-hmm. It looks exactly like it did. Um, wow. I like, I can't not watch it. And I like what feel the tension. I'm just like, oh my God. And I know what's happening. I know exactly what's happening. <laughs> yeah, it still <laughs> but gets it's you. still like, I think that oh could, my God. a lot of that could be contributed to the music. Music, oh, the I would music, like to the say, score is so good. It's sure. gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a sucker. We were talking about often that I will cry during these movies. Yeah. Um, during any movie, during any uh, anything you put in front of me. But I think the music is a He's huge part of right it. Now. Like, I'm, I'm tearing up and, and let's take a break. Um, I just, I, I don't know what it is exactly about it, but it's so gorgeous and it's so, yeah. I don't know, it tells a story it's fantastic. in and of itself, just the yep. music and really gets me emotional. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. There was one line where he talked, like, they think they're on, ca- on TV and he says, the thing about how there are parts of the spaceship that are like not thicker than a couple sheets of aluminum, aluminum foil. foil. Right, That's yes. true. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, then it's like you're kind of asking for it's it. Like, Apollo 13, it was, you know what I mean? The, the engineering on that prove? spacecraft is the most, because like weight is a premium when you're doing something like going to the moon, right? So the heavier your spacecraft, the more fuel you need. The mm-hmm. more fuel, the heavier it is. You get to a point where you can't leave the ground. So they were like shaving off ounces. It got to the point. Wow. So they, but does that they mean they you could like punch through it like aluminum foil? You'd have to be pretty firmer. careful. You wow, have, okay. it's, it's yeah, it's, you have to be it. careful. I feel like what if you so just it's like don't cough, right? Like, exactly. Like what if you just uh, you know lean well, over? Well, I guess zero gravity with but. like different pressures, right? So mm-hmm. the reason they were able to get away with it because it's it's it was about five psi pounds per square inch of oxygen in the spacecraft and of a course, vacuum outside. Common knowledge. Yeah, we so, know that. You don't have to baby us. It's okay. I know. I know all the stats. I even like I could dig it up if I have to. I do know the serial number of the oxygen tank that ruptured and exactly what? why it did. Why did it? Because um, I was kind of confused by that. Oh, I wish I had my models to show you guys. Oh, but, wow. uh, why so, didn't you bring that? Um, <laughs> I usually have little little ones in my purse, but I just, I, I, just, I actually have my adorable. place painted and I, I she just put takes them out a couple box, of tampons. But, She's like, this is um, a shit. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> I've definitely, I've definitely done like a can of hairspray. Like, so this is your rocket, right? Um, no, the 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 oxygen ruptured. So what what happened was the the shelf or the okay the oxygen tanks in the Apollo command module, which is like the big cylindrical bit. They were installed on a shelf, and you would install and, and uninstall that shelf if you had to make any any changes. So that command module or that service module, rather, um, I think it was in 1966 or 67. There was some problem with one of the tanks depressurizing. So they took it out to check something, and one of the bolts keeping it in place wasn't 
removed properly. So when they lifted it up, it like sprung back and it hit that tank and it damaged the heating coil on the inside because the oxygen was cryogenic. It's like super cooled so that you can carry more of it in packed in because it's smaller when it's cryogenic as opposed to atmospheric pressure. Oxygen is smaller when it's cold. Um, of course. Yeah. You can pack more into it. You can do more with it. So they would have to heat it and stir. Like that's why you're stirring the tanks. You're making it so it doesn't like create these layers of super cooled gases. So it damaged the mm. heating coil and they, they fixed it. They did their thing to it and they reinstalled it in this other command mod or service module. And as they were training for it, they had problems with it. So they, they noticed that like it, they could pressurize the tank, but they couldn't depressurize it very well. But they were like, Whatever. We don't ever need to depressurize a tank of oxygen in space. So as long as it holds pressure, we're fine. But it, no one knew that that heating coil was damaged, which is why when mm. that current went through it, it it was exposed wiring. I can't remember the, the exact detail of what happened, but like mm. it's also in a tank of pure oxygen, which just ruptures. I think it's funny that they were so uptight about like you can't go into space if you haven't had the measles and stuff. But then like a ruptured tank, they're like, whatever. Yeah, leave I it. mean, it wasn't fine. like we they, don't need to double check. They ran enough tests to know that it was safe. Did they though? Yeah, <laughs> I think was they could it? have run one more test. It sounds like, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't have. Been a good like, movie. It wouldn't have been a movie at all. I don't think they would have. Just a successful space flight. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they would have. It's like it, it was just like everything had to go perfectly wrong for the problem to actually materialize. Got you. It was they were there was something about they were doing two two tests at once and that created the the energy or the electricity going through certain wires that caused it to arc. Okay. So yeah, it was something it was something like very, very specific that's like Literally, so so Apollo had what they called the rule of three nines. It had to be ninety nine point nine percent safe. Got it. That okay, was the point one percent chance that something like that would go wrong. Well, um, I'm glad it did and gave us this <laughs> terrific film, and no one got hurt. Really, um, isn't it so sick and interesting how uh, no one was watching the moon launch until it went wrong? Like. Yeah. That is such an interesting part of human nature. Like yeah. no one was caring. Was, and no, we all want to look like, at. Oh, they might die. Accidents. Let's watch. Yeah, exactly. That, so I guess we to get more money for NASA, they have to purposefully have them explode <laughs> every now and then. Yeah. And people will watch because it'll be like, oh, maybe they'll make it. Well, maybe people they will won't. watch, but then they'll lose a bunch of funding because they're like, we can't take the risk anymore. Like, that's No, no, no. Follow. Check this out, Amy. Hear me out. That's where it gets interesting because what they do is that the ones that will explode, it's like a secret. They know that it's going to explode. Right. So it's not well, the real tanks. It's not right. the real rockets. It's like all so fake it's like, stuff. It's, it's evil fake, genius status it's right there. Stuff. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Well, just to appeal to, you know, no offense, but right. schmuck Americans who are going to watch a reality show about a spaceship exploding. Right. Doesn't it seem weird there hasn't been a reality show yet about astronauts? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, we I was gonna, there the... was that one about Mars that they were trying to do. Oh, really? It was the trying. Mars One mission. Oh, my God. This is the most ridiculous thing in the world. I think it was Mars One, if I'm remembering it right. Eight um, singles on yeah. a spaceship. <laughs> well, they had this idea that like they were going to do an every man mission to Mars, like a one-way mission, and they were going to televise the whole thing because it would be great human drama, and then ad revenue would fund the mission. Whoa. That is a very flawed funding mo- module for something like spaceflight because you need your money up front not while the mission's going but also like have you ever watched a video of people learning how to use a machine it's very boring right. yeah and like also, unless it gets to because my my whole thing was like it's going to become survivor mars like right. sally yeah. loves tom but she loves being alive more right she's going to love tom or she's going to eat him alive find out next she's going to eat him. on mars yeah. like it would just devolve into like and obviously. i think they just have to do that like as a ruse in order to get people to watch yeah, well, and then pay too. a bunch of money because it's 
should be funded, and the fact that we can't fund them properly is ridiculous. Yeah. So let's just make it a resort to gimmicks. Yeah, I think American also to Ninja be Warrior. An astronaut, bachelor. you have to be so even tempered to not like lose your mind and be claustrophobic and stuff. Those people probably aren't going to be the best on reality show. You're not like, going to get like Jersey Shore <laughs> level of drama. What's that's the point? Compelling. You're going to get like very quiet people right. learning how to if read. There's a no manual. Snooky. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> or you know maybe Snooky in space is the show that needs to happen. That's the show. Oh, or they maybe just not. take her up like at the last second. She doesn't have any training, but everybody else does, and we get to see yeah. her tortured and you know because yeah. that could actually be good punishment for them living <laughs> terrible lives. Anyways, to <laughs> chime in on something uh, from earlier, I saw a video today while doing my, of course, very minimal research <laughs> about the blackout that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like they lost contact for an extra minute and twenty-seven seconds upon re-entry, yeah. and so they were saying that there's this. I don't want to say this wrong, but I will like atmospheric layer where we can't where we usually black out for yeah. three minutes. And so they because their uh, reentry angle was off by a little bit. Yeah, they took like a more shallow angle. And so yeah. coming in, they spent more time in that. zone. yeah, that's so that's I know that was part of it. But I've talked to so I've I've met a whole bunch of people who were involved, including so Jerry Griffin was the flight director during the launch. No, not during the launch sequence. Um but anyways, he was one of the lead flight flight, blah, flight directors on he Apollo. He was there. He was he on the was ground. Also, yeah, and he was also uh, the technical consultant on the movie. Okay. And I talked to him about it once. I was like, so what really happened? Like, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. I know there's, like, plasma involved, and it's, I ca- like, I understand it enough, but I can't really explain to you the physics of what's happening in there. Okay. And he's like, yeah, we still don't really know why it was that long. Because even Whoa. calculating for the off, like, the angle of their re-entry and all this stuff, there's, like, Heather, not again. <laughs> Stop saying this. I mean, this. it's just so obvious that there are aliens. It's like, what? Can you list a few other reasons that they exist? Just how much space there is like yeah. isn't it narcissistic to imagine there aren't that's true and plus pyramids what's yes. up with that you know no. explain that one the Amy. extra minute and <laughs> apollo 13 the reason that they don't just make only pink starburst i mean there's so many <laughs> mysteries that, starburst that one i got actually more than the other ones that makes me think for sure they exist because huh. it's clearly the best starburst yes, do you why like, wouldn't they just you only know what make I mean? that capitalize like, on yeah. what you do well exactly you know crop circles huh. you, you have a different favorite starburst i don't remember the last time i ate starburst okay well, that's probably why we're having this. Uh, we're at this crossroads. <laughs> wow, because, things have, this has gotten dark. <laughs> yeah. To me, I agree with you. It's like Highlander. There can only be one. Right. And it's the pink it's one. It's the pink one. Um, so I have some trivia here that I'd like to go over before we get into kind of, I don't know, just questions about the film scientifically. Yeah. Um, it won two Oscars. I assume you know, or maybe you don't. Do you guys know... What Oscar is it one? Don't one... look it up if you're using your cheat sheet. <gasps> Isn't one editing? Know. Yes. And I forget what the other one was. Film editing was one. I thought the is special effects really held up. I so mean... visual effects, you want to know who actually won? Yeah. They lost Babe. I remember that. Apollo I remember 13 that. lost to Babe. Um, That's valid. Was it, <laughs> was it sound editing? Uh, yes, that's correct. Best oh, wow. sound, She's best good. film editing. She is very yeah. good. Um, you want to know what won best picture? Yeah. I can't remember. Was it the English patient that year? It was not. What? Braveheart. What if you also said babe? (laughs) Best picture, babe. (laughs) Babe 2, actually. Um, Braveheart is also a pretty good one. Braveheart's a very good movie. Uh, It's tough for me to rewatch being Jewish, Mm. Uh, which leads me to (laughs) best director. Ron Howard, not nominated. Thought was crazy. Really? Such a great film. Great directing job. True story. Get real. Uh, Mel Gibson. 
one for directing Braveheart. Seriously. Yep. I would not have pulled that one out. That's, yeah. yeah. Heather, if you could talk to Mel. <laughs> I'm going to text him right now. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll give you a second. Um, and then I just wanted to talk for a second about Tom Hanks. I know we kind of mentioned him before and his obvious greatness. Um what makes him so wonderful? Well, that I have no, I think that's an alien type thing. That's <laughs> yeah, a mystery of the universe the we may thing. never know. Um, but uh, is it your favorite Tom Hanks movie? Well, I don't know, because Forrest Gump. Correct. Forrest Gump, know? very good. The year before, by the way. But it was cool to see him be such a hero like that and in such a real American, like portraying a real hero. Oh, yeah. Huge. Um, and he's like a huge super fan too. He like wanted to be an astronaut when he was little. Which is like why that movie has so much good attention to detail and like the dialogue and the way they do it. It's like, oh, because you just love this. You you just had so much fun with this. And then like, you know, he did the series from the Earth to the Moon the next year. Yeah. To like dive into every other element of Apollo just so wow. he could like geek out. Geek out totally. Yeah. And it's such a good series. But <laughs> it and is. Castaway. I don't know. There have been too many good ones. And I think I'm too much of a weirdo myself where like I don't identify as much with the normal characters, hmm. you know? Okay. So you're, Forrest you Gump is as... like my spirit animal more, <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. I think Forrest Gump is probably the main contender right. for best Hanks film. Hmm. But I, I feel like it's I don't want to weigh in too heavily until... But, I mean, it's Apollo 13 is my favorite just because it's sure. like also what I do for a living and okay. what I'm passionate about. What do you think about? would be second place? Big. <laughs> I Big. love that yeah. movie. Big I don't know fantastic. why I love that movie. Um, I don't know. I don't think. I'm trying to try to think of other other things I've seen Tom Hanks in recently. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you know. a little list so right here. These are Tom Hanks movies that came out from 93 to 2000. Okay? That's a seven-year period. And in that time, he made 11 films. 11 films, seven years. I'm so excited. What are those films? Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, that was such a good one. Oh my God, no, she's such a scary stalker in that movie. You've Got <laughs> you Mail like was by far the better cute rom-com. You've rom -com. Got Mail also in Love this period, by the way. Sleepless <laughs> yeah. in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, I don't Toy know Story. Oh my God, Philadelphia, Toy Story. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Gotta see that. Love so Woody's good. flaily run. Toy Story was good, yeah. <laughs> Toy Story, unbelievable movie, changed the course of history. That Thing You Do, for me, completely oh, changed my life. I haven't thought about that movie in ages. Heather, if you want to take, if you want to sing the whole song, I will... I would love that. Breaking my heart into a million pieces. Wow, that's happening. <laughs> like you always do. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, that was a great one. You've got so Mail, Toy Story 2, The Green Mile, and Castaway. Ooh, the Green Mile. Uh, Castaway was a so decade. <laughs> Incredible. Seven years, all those films, like some yeah. of the best films ever. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just I, I don't know anybody that had another run like he that. He was so stoic in this film in Apollo 13. Yeah. I didn't feel like I saw as many of the cracks as I like in the other characters where he has a mm. little more room to show you the uncertainty, you know? He had yeah. to be the rock in this one. Yeah, yeah, but he was such a rock. Ugh, such what a, a stud. And, and I just feel like what <laughs> an inspiration, too. Forget about like, it. Like, what a way to, you know, you look. You can look up to this guy your whole life. Like, he's facing yeah. such crazy danger. We would have all been so nervous and so frightened, and his ability to, like, stay calm is, uh, I don't know, it's like spirit I liked animal. when they started losing it when the other guy was like, they don't know what to do, and they won't tell us. <laughs> yeah, which was... 
Uh, not real, correct? No. From what I've been told, yeah, yeah they were all, that was one of the only they things that's cool not real. They were, they were all cool as hell. Unbelievably stoic. And yeah. I've actually, um, Jack Swigert died before I was born, I think. I think he died in 83, but I've met Jim Lovell and Fred Hayes. Whoa. And I've just asked both of them. I was like, so let's just talk. Like, you answer this question literally every day of your life, but I'm going to ask you anyways. And, and Fred is one of the nicest guys. Um, I've had some very odd conversations with him about, like, the legalities of getting married in space and stuff. It's, yeah, he's. <laughs> He's such a oh, neat guy. Um, and usually at conferences, like, less mobbed than Jim Level, who is sure. always, like, a huge draw because he doesn't show up very often. Um, and I asked Fred, like, did you have any moment where you were like, no, we're actually going to die? He's like, honestly, I had every bit of faith in everybody that they would figure it out. Whoa. So, like, I was nervous, but I also knew that we had the best people on the planet working the problem 24 7 and we had they had time like that's a faith you know, in humanity also yeah. not just your team but like they had time yeah they had time I mean they like you're on a free return trajectory to the moon like you they're at 55 hours I think the whole mission's like 170 hours that's or something. when it kept being like so like four, they're yeah they're five. like they there wasn't a lot to do once they powered down they're like we have three days travel so we can just kind of maintain like keep everything going but also work on everything like the power up procedure that whole like epic thing where everyone's that was one of the because I've read the transcript of the mission too and it's like it's really emotional reading that but yeah he's like we and I asked Jim Lovell the same question he's like I I couldn't I couldn't show emotion because I had to change their clothes at all when they're up there not often wow no you want gross is how you you must poop in space oh I mean luckily for them they were freezing so they wouldn't be sweating too much but yeah no you uh you, you didn't it wasn't the cleanest of things I mean it wasn't designed for luxury right. Apollo was designed for functionality not luxury does it smell in there oh my god I can't even imagine wow I mean so because they didn't talk about that in the movie no they don't <laughs> um, but you probably it's probably like you can't smell your own smell like they don't smell it when they're in they there they probably it's, don't but, smell it but there was so so Jim Lovell was actually on the first long duration mission on Gemini uh, Gemini 7 in 1966 and it was 14 days in space wow. in orbit just going around in a much smaller vehicle with one other guy oh and God. when they opened Romantic. the hatch the Navy divers <laughs> that got them out were just like oh well it just smells like a bathroom yeah like yeah, wow. you're just live. You're basically like living in a yikes. Yeah, for for two weeks. But the poop College, comes out. Right? The, the poop goes out of the spaceship. You can't jettison poop solid comes waste. out of the body. Oh, yes. so wait, let me get this because I want to know for real. Poop comes out of our butt, and then where does it, <laughs> it go? It comes out of our hearts, and then where does it go? <laughs> yeah, it is stored in a bag. Stored in a bag. So what they had to do, this is, yeah, so you don't have an excess of running water on those spacecraft back in the day. Sure. Um, You don't now either. So you couldn't exactly, like, wash up very well. So what you do, so, okay, first of all, what they did was they put the astronauts on a low-residue diet so they wouldn't go very often, which is very bad for your body. Yeah. But makes sense. Um, Yeah, what do I eat for that to happen? I think it was, like, steak and eggs. It was basically, like, (laughs) high-protein, low-fiber. Okay. so they would strip down naked, and the the bag was like a cylindrical plastic bag with like a sticky bit on the end, and you'd adhere it to your buttocks, and then <sighs> use your facility. And then there, because there's no gravity to separate the fecal matter from your person, right? There was a little like your hole. Person. I've given this talk so many times <laughs> that I refuse to make it graphic. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a little like like hole with like a shield over it, okay. um, so you could stick your finger in and physically separate the fecal matter from your body, and then wipe up as best 
best you can and shove everything into the bag in the mm-hmm. base of which it's just like were a wet wipes commercial yeah. waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, and the crystals would like desiccate it and neutralize the odor. And okay. then you'd sort of like seal the bag up, roll it up and store it because you can't jettison solid waste. Huh. Whoa. There's actually a lot of poo on the moon because they would like bring back rocks, but they couldn't bring back all the weight. They had to keep their weight at a very specific okay. level. Their poo. So they'd leave all the stuff they didn't need, like trash and right. poo. That makes sense. I mean, I would probably do that, too. I was even going further and just seeing, like, can't they, you know, if they have to repair something outside, they go out and they fix it and they come back in. No. What do you mean, it was, no? You could. Sometimes <laughs> they did. They did on, on Apollo's 15, 16, 17. They did deep space EVAs to recover film canisters from the cylindrical surface module. But it wasn't as easy as, like, oh, just hop outside. Because, it like, oh. every time you do it, you have to—there's t- no airlock on those things, right? So you have to totally depressurize. All three of you have to get into your spacesuit. Make sure they're working. Get your oxygen. Everything's fine. Right. Then depressurize a spacecraft. Open it up. Make sure nothing's floating around because then it's gone forever. Um, <laughs> and then do your— thing and then bring it back in repressurize take it takes hours so wait why, what about like on the iss that? like it's like me trying to leave in the morning <laughs> i get it <laughs> the iss is a little bit different because it's not if someone goes outside you don't have to like shut everything down so that's what i'm so saying on there the ISS, is an airlock so you can goes out on the, okay, on the ISS. I love the poop obsession. It's like what everyone really yes. wants to I'm know. I'm sorry. I'm curious. It's not in my notes. I mean, you guys brought is, it up. This is why I've researched it so many times. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, on the ISS, they do have a proper toilet. Um, I, can't, I don't know exactly how it works because I've mostly focused on the early space toilets as opposed to the more modern space toilets. Okay. Um, but I, I believe it, it works with like a slinging mechanism. So like the solid and liquid waste are separated because mm. liquid waste you can just expose to the vacuum and then it just like disappears and it crystallizes and it goes out there. Solid waste, I think, is similarly like exposed to the vacuum to freeze dry it. And then mm. it's either brought back to Earth and disposed or it might just be shoved outside. So there's a bunch of beautiful crystallized There's so much crystallized pee in space. <laughs> so much. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Leave it to us it's to that, find it's something that moment. beautiful and then just shit on it. Well, you know, quite literally, you know that moment in Apollo 13 when he's like, look, it's the constellation Orion. That's his pee. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, okay, so some of the shots were filmed in this plane, the KC-135, mm-hmm. which like goes up and then dives, and then as it's diving, right. there's zero gravity. And so they were able to film for 23 seconds at a time. Oh my god, dive, that's it? I thought it was which like is eight why minutes at a time. Every shot in that movie is so tight. Every right. time they're in the spacecraft, there's no like long shots of dialogue because they only had like once wow. you get up there, you're ready to go. It probably takes a couple seconds to like start filming. And sure. yeah, you've got maybe 20 seconds per take. Yeah. Per so shot. you want to know how many dives they did? Yes. Forget how many. It's like I, I knew this at one point. I can't remember. It's hundreds. I'm very close. Heather. Really? It's 600. Wow. Yeah. Really good. Thank you. Uh, so I think that if that's... they were really serious, they would have done seven. <laughs> Yeah, for Apollo 13, too. Yeah. They're going to do more. Um, maybe he would have got best director uh, five, 700 times. Um, I would have. Wh- <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Uh, that uh, they had to do it a bunch of times because Steven Spielberg recommended that they did. Like, originally, Ron Howard wanted them to do, like, wires and stuff and, like, be jumping around. But you know what's Spielberg weird? I did a commercial recently where I played an astronaut Ooh. for um, a Hyundai spot. Okay. And I had to do the wire work. And it was honestly really... Um, 
claustrophobic just being put in the thing. Really? Oh, and in like, like a costumes. Space suit? Yeah, I was looking at the costumes. Like, were those very realistic? Because it looked yeah. like very much what I wore <laughs> on my like car commercial shoot. And I was like, this can't be real. But yeah, those but I guess ones, it is. Um, I've t- t- weirdly tried on the ones that they wore in from the Earth to the Moon, not the ones used in Apollo 13. What's with the little finger um, digits? Like the finger caps where it's like it's a cloth glove and then the finger part is like a hard little plastic like you're pressing the oh, for manual buttons? buttons. Actually, oh, if you I've, I've also played with the original uh, capsule simulator keyboard thing, um, it's which is still at MIT. And it's these their buttons are like this big, like they're big because Ooh. all the layers of fabric around the hands, they had to have that hard tip because everything yeah. is digital, right? oh, like literally manual. So it's to be able to grip things, to be able to click things and to be able to Put, do inputs into the computer so wow. it's, yeah it feels like this weird you look at it, you're like why is it the size of a kid's toy <laughs> oh the gloves I love how much you yeah. love space like I have this idea that you get home and you just put a spacesuit on no to, like, I do unwind. have a really bad spacesuit that I made but yeah. oh my god I knew it it's not it's <laughs> that's not close good. enough that's... It's, it's basically a onesie okay we're gonna take a super quick break and we will be right back I know you're probably listening to this and thinking, how can I get more info on Apollo? How can I get the down low on Apollo 13? Well, you can check out Seeker's Apollo miniseries on the Seeker YouTube page. The series looks at each Apollo mission, its crew, and the science that made them possible. You can binge the first eight episodes right now, right this second. So subscribe to Seeker's channel and like the video. And if anybody asks, you tell them bad science sent you. That's not a threat. You can do that or not. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. Um, okay, so I wanted to know if the lunar module made noises like a submarine. Because a lot of times in the film, there's just kind of this, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like atmospheric that, like, type. weird, like, like yeah. Sand. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never been in one. Okay. I just <laughs> didn't know because a lot of people say um, it's like completely silent. It would be silent from the outside. I think okay. I can't remember if there is a shot. I think there's a shot when like the the tank ruptures, you actually hear the explosion like you wouldn't hear that. Right. Um, but you kind of need that for dramatic effect. And I like I Did let they that really slide. see their own oxygen. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the yeah terrifying. real the footage of it, which yeah. is yeah, and you can terrifying. hear the, the footage or the audio of it. They're yeah. just like, oh god, There's everything just like shuts down. Yeah, but still always yeah. calm. But still, still, like, well, th- that's and that's why they had test pilots going to the moon because test pilots maintain an even keel and they do what they're told and they don't get scared. Yeah, that's why you wanted test pilots in the, that era. So, um, so crazy. Yeah, I think it probably made some kind of creaky sounds. I bet they made hmm. nice husbands. Makes sense. <laughs> they tell you the worst <laughs> news ever, but really calm. Yeah, <laughs> stay calm. They do what they're told. Honey, I they're always lost out my of job town. today. I realized I didn't want to do There's it anymore. There's no women where they work. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> They're up with two male friends yeah. for yeah. days at a time. Um, okay, so uh, what's his name? Mattingly got the measles and was replaced by Jack Swigert. Charlie, Charlie Duke got the measles. Oh. He was on the Apollo 13 backup crew. Oh, okay. So the the whole and and Jim Lovell and Fred Hayes had both had the measles. Ken Mattingly hadn't. So the problem was he'd be coming down with a really big fever and all the other measles symptoms right around the time that he would have to be rendezvousing with them around the moon. So if he's off, there's no one else to help fly that thing. So that's the last time you really want to have a fever and a 
like hallucinating astronaut. Right. Because um, it was not, you could not do it without pilot so input. Was sure. the moral of the movie, don't break up the team? Ooh. Like, is that no. what it was really about? <laughs> no. no. I mean, that's, that's why they had backup and like secondary backup crews. Like, if okay. everything, if like. But they, they had the choice. Did they really in. have the choice to not go up? Like, when the, he was like, if you don't want us to break up the team, then don't go up. In this no, ship. you you had the option to be like, I'm keeping my team together and we'll go later. Yeah. And then that's, again, that's why they had backup crews. And then like maybe. The whole backup crew. The backup crew was basically the prime crew's shadow. Like everything mm-hmm. they did, you could do too so that like you could seamlessly slide in. They did create some drama bringing Jack Swigert slash Kevin Bacon in at the last second. Like right. there was not that much animosity by any stretch. There was not this like fear that he couldn't do it. It was more like, all right. Let's do it. This is what we trained for. Yeah. Again, we are test pilots. We train for these things. We will do this now. Yeah. I think part of it might have been, and I didn't mention this movie, but I read it today, that uh, Jim Lovell was the sub for Neil Armstrong. Yeah. And so maybe he was feeling like, I can't postpone this anymore. I'm going. I need to be on the moon ASAP. I thought it was so great how they had, then it was like they needed him to help bring them back. And I really liked the scene where he wa- he's like very envious that he didn't get to go and he's watching it on TV. And then he turns the TV off right before they update that like something horrible has happened. Yes, was that yeah. real? I don't know. I doubt it. I bet like I bet he was a just lot watching of those, the whole thing. Right? A lot of those like <laughs> the human it. side, See, guys, especially like the it's landing a fiction. party. It's had. a historical fiction. Um, yeah, they to took liberties. Yeah, That's that, what I'm there's liberties on that that front. But yeah. like, yeah, there's there's at some point you need to put in the explanatory dialogue for the audience, right? Right. Like yes. no one actually said we just lost the moon. Like that was understood. They didn't That's actually true. have to say it. Right. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Oh, here's yeah. another. I wanted to ask you about a quote since we're getting like really specific, <laughs> uh, annoyingly so I'm sure. Uh, so when they cross into the dark side of the moon, yeah. Kevin Bacon's character says, "So long, Earth. Catch you on the flip side." Yeah. Is that on the recording? Um, were they as witty as they were in the movie? <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. Okay. Um, if you start to you start to read those those transcripts, there's a lot of like the, some of them just had their little like verbal tics. Like Gene Cernan called everybody babe. It was super weird. Oh, um, that's like and me. They came up with adorable <laughs> ways to avoid cursing in public, like Dag Nabbit. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Um, Did they um, really bring up their own music and like yeah. go rogue when they were supposed to play like the national anthem? Or what no, were they, they were to never play? supposed to do. What was it in the movie? Oh, it was like they we were, were supposed, supposed to play, play this, um, but we had a change in the program. theme from 2001 in honor of the Command Module Odyssey. But he played something oh. else. I forget. You can like, I could look it up and figure out like, exactly what they true. played. It's true. If you're going to the moon, like you should get to pick what's first. Oh, totally. They, they brought like yeah. their tapes and their stuff. That's cute. Yeah, yeah they should do whatever they At want. At the end of the day, they're like, we need to keep you guys happy. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. a lot of it too. They were kind of afraid that you know, you send people to walk on the moon, you're going to be like. Oh my God, I'm standing on the moon. Like, lose it. Just like mentally lose it. So, they, there yeah. was constant, like, here, have your music. We're going to chat to you. Every morning at breakfast this is actually my favorite part of these missions is they would read up the day's news to the crew oh. and just be like sports stats. Like the stuff that you would think a bunch of guys in their 30s would care about. Right. They care right. about their team. They what care they about, call, like, <laughs> what do they is, call it? Don't they have a name for the effect of when you see the earth from that far away? The breakaway effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That idea that, like, you, you, you see, you're that far from the earth that you just want to keep going and going and going. Wow. Yeah. 
Oh, they, is that like, what it means? Yeah, they were so afraid. Keep going? They That's were scary. afraid of like the emotional and mental impact of yeah. doing all that. What like, happens to people when they're actually free? Because like I've <laughs> I've always wondered. Because like you know you get those those like wide shots in that movie, and you're like, here's a tiny spacecraft, here's a giant moon, there's the tiny Earth. I'm like, yeah. the th- just thinking about being that far away from like the place where I can breathe is just like gives oh me anxiety. I get scared on Earth looking up at the stars, and I don't know if I'm just like an erotic city kid, but like if I do that for too long. <laughs> I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, it's, like you're in space. Yeah, there's yeah. something like looking at they, it. I like I can't even imagine it. Yeah. Um. Do you guys know that sort of to deviate? But you know no. that picture of like there's a very famous picture of an astronaut Bruce McCandless where he's like there's the curvature of the Earth and then you can see this little astronaut floating freely. Oh no! You know that know. picture? Whoa. It's like one of the most famous. I feel like I should just pull it up and show you. Hold while up. I also talk. Well, we can have Brett do it. Um, hey, Brett. Yeah. It's one of the most famous astronaut pictures. What's the name? Um, I feel like I can picture Bruce it. McCandless. You'd notice it because that like that form has been used. Yeah. It's one of those mm. things where the um, hose is like on the side or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know that picture. You guys like you recognize that it's it's one of those ones that like once once you see it. We sorry. should get that in the office, Brett. <laughs> sorry for everyone listening. It's uh... printed out. No, they'll they're they're looking it up too. Everybody's googling it okay. in the car. Google so it. Google Bruce McCandless. Google, they're googling EVA, this NASA. And space poop. Um. So I I met Bruce McCandless once, and I just like okay. Like real talk, you're—he's the furthest anyone has ever been from a spacecraft untethered. He was testing out like a jetpack thing, basically. Cool. Um, and I was like, "How were you not like? Did you turn around and just look at the fact that like there's nothing? There's nothing. You look up and there's just space, and you can't feel yourself being supported. Did you not freak out?" And he's like, "You know what? I really want to just like shut off my comms for a minute, turn my back to the shuttle, and just." be alone in space <laughs> and see what that felt like. Wow. But they wouldn't stop talking in my ear. I forgot. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're such an astronaut. Um, so yeah. You're such like, an ass. Even thinking, <laughs> even thinking about like the reality of that position, I'm just like, I can't. So yeah. yeah. But I just, I love that. So, yeah. No one's really done it that I've talked to because they're always like, there's too much to do. You're like, your sure. time is structured where they're like, you don't get free time. You can't just wander off in space no. and hang out. No. Um, I wanted to ask about the flight surgeon. There's this great line where Tom Hanks is pissed off and he yells and he says, this is some flight surgeon horse shit. Oh, yeah. I, I love that. What does scene. that mean? <laughs> I think so. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's mad at the flight surgeon for saying that Ken can't come. Oh, and right. so I wanted to know if it was kind of like in sports, how like sports doctors will say like, oh, an athlete can't play because he's injured, but really they're like saving him for the playoffs. Or they'll say like, this athlete is injured and the guy really wants to play, but he's like, no, you can't play for whatever reason. He's like, crooked doctor. Yeah, it's not so much much like doctors have it out so much as like, they were, again, just the caution of the reality of like, going to the moon is hard. So let's take out the variables that can make it worse. So let's not let somebody maybe come down with a really bad fever. Got it. So, but he never did get the measles, right? No, he didn't. He He was exposed but apparently not exposed enough to get it <laughs> um, but the idea was I that, love that line in the movie right that was so great where he comes back uh, he comes in to help them and someone says something else to him like what are the numbers and he goes no I did not get the measles thanks for asking <laughs> oh yeah yeah Greg Sinise isn't that yeah. his name that yeah. guy also so, uh, good. so many good people in that movie. So great. Yeah. It's upsetting how many good people there were in that movie. And yeah. people you Everyone. forgot where you were like, he's in this movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone is in that movie. God damn. Yeah. Um, so great. Um, okay, so they obviously are very pained because they don't get to go to the moon. 
it's very sad for them and they don't get to go later. I'm not sure why. I don't know if you know why. I do. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Jim Lovell had already retired. He was, this is mm-hmm. going to be his last mission. And if you command a mission to the moon, the odds of going back are very, very slim. Right. Um, Ken, Ken Mattingly and Fred Hayes were both scheduled to go on Apollo's 18 and 19, um, but both were canceled with budget cuts. And Jack Swiger decided that he was not going to stay with the space program and went into politics. Okay. What that a makes shift. Sense. Um, I wanted to ask you guys if you've ever been like really close to getting something Politics? and then oh. <laughs> if you've been really close to running for mayor no really close to like you know because these guys like this was their goal this was their dream yeah. they're right there they can't do it they got to go back and then then it's lost and so is it it's ever... just regular pilot season for me <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens every year yeah pretty much <laughs> i i have a few famous examples i thought of like al gore hillary clinton right yeah. uh jerry west was this uh basketball player from a long time ago that he is like the nba logo is of him and he huh. never won a finals he got there nine times oh, and wow. was even mvp of a finals but lost every single time <sighs> that's brutal yeah it's pretty brutal yeah so I don't know. Just seeing if you guys like had some sort of crushing defeat you wanted to admit. I, mean, I have I the longest so. laundry. Like, how much time do we have? <laughs> I mean, I do some stand up, but... so my whole life is mostly rejection. Like, probably <laughs> sinking it in and getting your dreams is the least likely of the events. Right. Sure. Um, and I've gotten really close to JFL every year. Wow. <laughs> Surprising. I would have thought. Are we there uh... yet? But some people audition like eight times. You never know. That is pretty crazy. Um. Can someone else chime in, or should I just? I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, oh, I, everything I can't you've think, gotten, everything you ever wanted. wanted. No, I, I just don't do much. I just sit at home and write quietly with my cat all day. So you know. I'm so that's chill. a win every day. Yeah. yeah. I dropped an ice cream when I was little once. <laughs> my dad took me to a like horse race. He was into horse mm. racing big time, and I just really wanted an ice cream. And so I finally got my ice cream. I was waiting all day, kind of an impatient child, I guess. And That we, feels like really crushing. Like that would stick with you. It stuck with me, yeah. And it's been brought up at family dinners yeah. and stuff before because I finally got it, and then this horse won. And mm. so my dad starts running. I dropped the ice cream, and then we took a picture, and you can see me as a kid crying. <laughs> And that's why I was crying. Aww. Every month I yeah. think I'm pregnant and then I'm not. <laughs> and it's like, ooh, dreams are crushed, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're almost there. Exactly. Every, well, I'll check in with you next month. Please keep checking. Yeah. Um, I uh, So CO2, I don't know how much you know about CO2 poisoning or like breathing it in, but I read something that I found was crazy because they like, that's a huge deal in the movie, right? They're like yeah. breathing some CO2 and if they do it for too long, CO2 it could be. CO2 is yeah. what you breathe out, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, but if it's like mixed in a certain way with the oxygen, then breathing it in can kill you after a certain period of time. I mean, carbon dioxide is poisonous to humans, so you can't breathe it in. Um, can't breathe it in. You cannot breathe in pure okay. carbon dioxide. Yeah, I saw it yeah. said that at 1%, if the atmosphere is at 1% carbon dioxide, that you'll find yourself gasping, hyperventilating, and you're like, you'll breathe really quickly and find it extremely uncomfortable at 1%. And yeah. then... It doesn't know. take too much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why they were monitoring because every time, like every time you breathe out, you breathe out carbon dioxide. Now, right? they just thought so, to take a tree with them. Right. That sounds like a good <laughs> so idea. That's why they had the CO2 scrubbers, what they called it. Okay. So it would filter out the carbon dioxide and they had oxygen going. So mm-hmm. they would have this constant supply of oxygen, it would take the CO2 out of the air, and they could just replace the filters because. That was the system at the time. Can I ask what exactly happened in the movie? It was like they were doing something with tube socks. They were like trying to create their own filters for the CO2 gas. 
And then it seemed like there was just a miracle. And they were like, the levels are lowering. Like, what happened? So, so what happened? Um, they had to put, I, I, uh, so they had to put a square peg in a round hole. So the two, both spacecraft used the same environment. It was 100% pure oxygen at 5 PSI with uh, CO2 scrubbers. But because they were built by different companies, North American Aviation built the command module and Grumman built the lunar module. They had different shaped um, filters. So the ones in the command module were square and the ones in the lunar module were round. This might be stupid, but why, why two different companies making the same spacecraft? Because it would, it, so this is actually a very complicated story. Um, the short, the short version. Is, oh God, it's such a Get it's such a suit on. Stupid, it's such a stupid <laughs> thing, but it's like it's actually a very big, very big decision. So um, when. Okay, the short version is when NASA was starting to go to the moon in 1961, um, the question was, how do you go? Do you just go straight to the moon? Do you not pass go or collect $200? Do you, or do you build a spacecraft in Earth orbit and send to the moon? Or do you do what they ended up doing, which is go down with a tiny little lander and bring it back? Uh, so while they were still trying to figure this out, they started letting the early contracts to give the contractors more time to build it. And they gave North American the one to build the spacecraft and then decided to switch what's called the mission mode. So now North American was like bogged down building the mothership and they decided well you can't also build the lander because that's too much for you guys to do you'll never get it done on time we're going to give it to someone else and you guys work together so it was a which time crunch was a huge issue for North American because that led to like version control issues which is actually how the Apollo 1 fire happened um, oh, and, and that was like a little bit of a disconnect between the two and yeah so that's how they ended up with different shaped filters was in the- two spacecraft and it's one of those things where you're like anybody should have seen this but you also you're <laughs> like this is this like again you don't think this is going to happen you right. never think this is going to happen so you're like it's fine they have yeah. plenty of filters on board so yeah they had to like rig this thing up where i can't remember exactly what it looks like but basically you're you're creating a like way to force the air through the square filter into the round inlet for the carbon dioxide. That's what that was. You you mentioned the time restraint, and that's because of the space race. Yeah. So can you tell us about the space race? Because it's still, like you said, affected Apollo 13. (laughs) Yeah. And I find it so... It just sounds... Ridiculous! It sounds like when Trump talks about space yeah, force, it's, it's like, why those, are we racing into space? Because we're poisoning planet Earth, and at some point, all the rich people, when there's nuclear warfare, are going to want to get on a rocket, right? Colonize Isn't that Mars. what's happening? That's why we did space race? Or you're saying that's why? That's why everybody wants to get to the moon first, or wherever first, because okay. that sounds like a we really all want to poop safe. there first, you know? <laughs> of course. That sounds like a safe space race. That sounds like we should be racing, and everyone should, like, well, it should have funding. Well, because otherwise, it's like, why? Why are we going to space if we have all our resources on Earth? Yeah, I don't know. Find new Just resources. A pissing contest, literally. <laughs> <laughs> how much crystals can we? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Just like how it started and and how it ended. Yeah, I mean politics. <laughs> politics is the short answer. So basically, um, way back in 1955, both the United States and the, sorry, I've literally wrote a book on this, so <laughs> I know so a lot cool. about it. Um, oh, that's awesome. In in 1955, sorry to make you I can't it. even no, remember good. what date it is today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what I do for a living. I have to know all these things. Um, so so both the the Soviet Un- Union and the United States agreed to be part of the International Geophysical Year, which was a year of looking at solar phenomena and geophysics and all this 
stuff in a year of peak solar activity. It was from July of 57 to December of 58. And both these countries were like, we're going to launch small satellites for the sake of science. And it was all fine. But in America's head, collective head, um, it was like, well, you know, the Soviets are like a backwards nation of potato farmers. We're obviously going to get there first. And then the Soviet Union got there first with Sputnik. And America's like, well, fuck. Um, the satellite's not scary, but the rocket that launched it is coming right out of the same place that's building their missiles. So if they can launch 187 or 184 pound satellite into orbit, they can definitely launch a warhead over the ocean. So now we have to beef up our space stuff because now this is a thing and then so it was just escalating because there was this like perceived missile gap right right so it became this thing that like eisenhower created a civilian space agency because he didn't want space to become a battleground which is why there's like tons of laws in place that space is all about peaceful exploration for the betterment of mankind well for for now understanding things space force might change things it's gonna be the first teacup poodle on space oh god (laughs) um so so basically it was like it became this thing where people were like wrapped up in space then we had a change of administration Kennedy didn't really care too much about space but like in the first three months of his administration was the first man in space Yuri Gagarin so beat America to the punch yet again and then five days later was the failed invasion of the Bay of Pigs and he's like I need a win what can I do and he went to space I get that feeling and yeah he he basically like used NASA to like save face for America and okay. created this like presidential decree of like we will go to the moon in within the decade and he tried to cancel Apollo which is what no one knows about mm-hmm. um, in 1963 but then he was assassinated and everyone's like well we can't let our fallen president down so and that's it, like, why they killed the fire under because they wanted to go to space and he yeah didn't. i'm not gonna say that coming out of my mouth <laughs> all right can you give us like a jfk impersonation saying no. before the end of the decade I am very bad at accents yeah. i'm not even gonna try the only okay. accent i can do is canadian but that's just because i'm canadian <laughs> oh okay well I'm, uh, heather didn't yeah, his a... wife in the movie have kind of a jackie o quality to her vibe oh yeah you i know? can see that yeah she's i think just like every woman in america at the, at the time wanted to be jackie o. who wouldn't yeah. want to yeah. be i still do same um, okay, uh, quick quiz. You guys know how many people have been to the moon? I assume Amy knows, but maybe Heather, venture a guess. Sixteen and a half. Wow, the half is really interesting. Amy? Twelve. Twelve is yeah, the correct answer. Nobody That's more what than they once. they want you to think. <laughs> yeah, you don't know about those other four and a half. No, four and a half. <laughs> we all saw Apollo 18, right? <laughs> Apollo 18? Oh my God, it's one of the best worst movies ever. What is it? Oh, it's so bad. Um, it's this like movie that's like... Movie? Oh, yeah, 100%. I watched it with, like, my NASA friends, and it's just like, oh, my God, this I'm going to say things like my NASA friends. Um, <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's it's the idea of, like, it's a found footage movie, even though there's no way the footage can have oh, gotten wow. back to Earth. It's a found footage. So this is footage. science fiction. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay, okay. Found footage of, like, the Lost Moon mission, where, like, they went to the moon. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm going to ruin it for you guys. Yeah, but it, it turns out that the moon is made of rocks that turn into spiders and infect your blood, because that makes sense. That sounds, honestly, that um, sounds really And then, fun. like, they find that there was a crashed Soviet lunic lander there, and they, like, the guy uses that to get back, and they all die. So how the footage got back to Earth, I don't know. Okay. Um, which moon? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's it so like. bad. But the thing that's really cool, they actually, like, shot it to look like old Apollo footage. So oh, wow. the guy mentioned Jerry Griffin, who is the old flight director, who is the tech consultant on Apollo 13, was also a technical consultant on Apollo 18 it sounds to like make it. sure that it looked good. And it it would have really actually been an good. amazing SNL sketch. <laughs> it's like it's it's one of those movies that's so bad. It's like 
endlessly rewatchable and just like <laughs> but like right. not that way about I know yeah. who killed me with Lindsay Lohan oh god I haven't seen that I don't know that one either it's a really yeah. good drinking I've game heard of that, I'm gonna but... do a lot of drinking tonight yeah, sounds yeah. like um, okay before we go I have the game I want to play which I'm calling Apollo or Apollo no Apollo Uh, it's uh, I'm appalled. It's, I'm sorry. I'm also appalled by myself. Um, so basically, it's all it's a Tom Hanks game, guys. Okay. I'm going to read you facts about Tom Hanks, and you tell me if it's true or if it's false. Okay. Okay. I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. Okay. It's going to be fine. Be like an astronaut and just calm, collected. My NASA friends always tell me to just be chill. <laughs> See, you're doing great. Say, that it sounded very colloquial. <laughs> Nice. The oxygen's running out. Uh, Houston. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's your first fact. There is an asteroid named after Tom Hanks called Gump Shrimp. I believe that, yes. I would say that's probably true. It is not true. <laughs> what are people doing it. with their there lives? There is an asteroid named after Tom Hanks, but it's called 12818 Tom Hanks. Huh. Damn, Gump Shrimp. I knew there was definitely great. an asteroid named after him, but I was wondering because people give things colloquial names all the time. I was like, mm. I would not be surprised if that was like the quote unquote informal name. Right. Because yeah. like everything that's like A181140 is actually has like yeah. a name that people use. It's actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, Meg Ryan. Fluffy Sheets. <laughs> Fluffy Sheets. That sounds really nice. <laughs> um, okay. Worldwide, uh, Tom Hanks films have grossed over $9 billion. True. I don't know. I don't know what movie's gross, but I feel like he's done so many of those massive blockbusters that, like, it could be true. It is true. Uh, you were both correct. Uh, that's a lot of quiche. <laughs> Tom Hanks has received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. No. Why do you get a Presidential Medal of Freedom? We own Tom Hanks, and he knows that. <laughs> I want to say he might have, but I don't has, know why. He why has do the I Presidential win? Medal of Freedom. I don't do that much research, guys. Well, uh, we're well, moving no, on. No. He also received the French. He got it in a treasure hunt. <laughs> Bill Clinton's house. It was it was the it was fourth installment the of the uh, Angels and Demons <laughs> franchise. He got to keep the Presidential Medal of Honor. That's right. Um, he got the French Legion of Honor. Don't you have to be French to get that one? I think you have to be French to get that one. I don't know the rules. I'm going to say no. I don't think so. He, he did? He does indeed have the French wow. Legion of Honor. What does he have? How are you giving us these things without the like what it is and why? <laughs> That's so... It's not part of the game. I don't make the rules. Just call him Google and move along. Yes. Um, okay. Frequently, uh, Tom Hanks is referred to as America's best man. I've heard that, I think. I want to say yes. I'm just going to keep saying no. He's like, the, he's like, uh, Heather's got this guy. one. He oh, is yes. frequently referred to as America's dad. America's dad. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Aww. I think that does sound Best right. Best man is always a date. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Hanks is a member of the National Space Society. I'd buy that. I maybe he is indeed a member I mean, of the National so Space Society. I mean, so am I. I guess <laughs> I buy that too. No, you just give You're the one... money. It's really not oh, very okay. hard. <laughs> Got it. So I was like, I was trying to think of like, would he be on the board of directors or something? I think he because is like, also on the board, but not of that of something else. I think space something related. Else. So I think like Tom Cruise is on the NSS board or something. Oh, there's like weird actors that just like want to be a part of it. So I get I'd, that. like, I yeah, I couldn't. I knew. I mean, once you have all the money in the world, it's like, what else can I do? No, you literally, know? actors who have their own 
agenda. You have all the money, <laughs> and then you just go about? into space. That's what you, that's um, what you do. Okay, I got two more. Uh, Tom Hanks is an honor, honorary member of the United States Army Rangers Hall of Fame. I have no idea. Probably is that even a thing? He is. It is a thing. What is that he got that for doing Saving Private Ryan, and I guess it was. Fitting, a, I don't I know. Guess. Because we all know that was as hard as going to war. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. And saving people's lives. Uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> but you know what? Movies yep. do save people's lives. Oh, it saved my life. Right? Maybe. We sure. love you, Tom. Tom Hanks. Last one is currently producing an Apollo 13 VR experience. Obviously. I think he should if he's not. He's not and he should. <laughs> wow. Agree. Was that your he idea? Should. Uh yeah. I like VR. Well, good. Now you have <laughs> this is maybe a copyright? <laughs> uh yeah. Uh Brett, make sure I don't get sued on I'm that. I'm going to text Mel to text Tom and thank we'll you. get this going. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And also um just get Mel on the horn actually because I have a lot of questions <laughs> um about his entire career and life choices. Um okay, so I again, I have so many notes that we just did not have time to get to, but I'm going to try and just like rapid fire a couple of them okay. at you maybe. And I'm going to try and interrupt and ruin everything. <laughs> yes, and She's damn good at it, so you better be prepared. <laughs> um, they say, uh, uh, Ed Harris says that he has some awesome line about how it's NASA's finest hour when somebody's yeah. like, what a disaster this is. And so I was curious if they had other moments that would rival this moment as NASA's finest hours. I'm not sure. I think this was a very specific case of like the the whole purpose behind that was like everyone coming together and solving a very difficult problem like there, this never really happened again there okay. was nothing like on this scale um yeah i would say like that's a, kind like of a tragedy out. rescue mission yeah because like well. there were other tragedies but no people you know like no one wants no to make a movie about it a fire so like <laughs> the apollo one is not exactly the, the highlight the, finest the moment. fine moment yeah. um, and all the other problems were like relatively like apollo 12 was struck by lightning but nothing really it bad was wrong. twice <laughs> oh my god yeah and nothing happened launch. it was fine it knocked out this very eccentric box of like Electrical equipment in the rocket called the signal conditioning equipment that translated the data from the rocket into the displays in the spacecraft and mission control. Okay. So, like, it turned into gibberish, and then some this guy, John Aaron, was Aliens. like, "Oh, you just turn it, turn it to auxiliary, and it'll all come back online." And they did, and it did. Whoa! Wow. Yeah, it was one of those like, okay, it was like thirty six seconds into the flight, struck by lightning twice. Wow! Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It was pretty epic. Um, okay, uh, the the slingshotting in the moon uh, around the moon. I yeah. wanted to talk about like has that been done before had oh, they yeah done that it? was that was standard procedure standard. it's pretty um, casual friday night stuff. it was <laughs> it's that's that's just taking advantage of so like actually spacecraft do that all the time like you could almost argue that like that's basically what orbit is you're so it's mm. just you, like taking advantage of gravity that like you're going fast enough to where the pole of the planet will bend your trajectory but it won't it's not enough to get you into orbit okay. so like like when New Horizons went to Pluto, it's called a gravity assist. They flew by Jupiter and got a big one. Um, there's I forget what the new mission at the sun is, but it did like seven gravity assists of Venus to get into a small enough orbit. Wow. So like people Sounds knew like, like skateboarding you know the, um, or something. Yeah. How is it like the, skateboarding, by the way? I don't know. It just feels like you lean in and you get momentum going and you just like it sounds easy. It's like similar ish. Yeah. It looks easy, but it's actually hard. Speaking it's of, can you just math. also explain that? That rush when you're dropping into a half pipe at the X Games. Uh, let me tell you, yeah. it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you got, please YouTube, Google Heather Pass. It's Pasternak, like my oxygen 900. tank has burst. Honestly, <laughs> every time I drop it's it, it's just so. 
effortless. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. They made it seem like it was kind of a crazy yeah. move in the movie, drawing it's, it out. No, and... they, they knew that was a contingency. Okay. Like, every mission had was on a trajectory that if anything failed, they could just, like, not do anything. And it would just, like, by gravity, slingshot them around to bring them back. So, like, they okay. knew. There's always the story of, like, some grad student at MIT came up with this thing and saved Paul 13. Like, no, we didn't. <laughs> that did not happen. So, okay. um, no, that was, like, a pretty standard known thing at the time. Cool. Um, and and where are we at right now? Like, I know SpaceX is, you know, they make claims now and then that we're, they're going to start taking people up. There's, like, private companies. Well, that's because, yeah. Heather's doing this whole alien documentary. <laughs> is this a runner now? I can't stop. <laughs> Don't stop. I won't. Uh, I want to know about it. Is there, you know what I'm saying? Like, are we, it seems like the space program has slowed down in certain ways. And I'm curious as a historian. Well, yeah, author, we don't even really have astronauts right now, right? That's we what we do. There's people, right. There's people up there, international space stations. <laughs> oh, but thing. it's not our station anymore. No, it is. Is it? It's There's still, not an American one anymore, or what happened? We America has never had its own space station since 1974. Um, it's, it's always been the International Space Station. The oh. only uh, China is not allowed in because of communism. That is one of the rules. Mm. Um, but it is so people don't want to share up there. There's been yeah, I forget how many. There's something like 20. I'm going to get this wrong, but there's something themselves. like over 20 or 30 nations have been represented on the ISS. Wow. Um, I think last I heard, it might be being decommissioned in or 2000, sorry, I'm writing a book right now, and it's 1962 in my head. Um, <laughs> it might be being decommissioned in 2025, or they might be extending it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, that's been going for like a really long time now. So we do still have astronauts. Most of NASA's money goes to the manned spaceflight program. It's just we don't okay. have a capability to launch humans from American soil right now, but that's what SpaceX and uh, Blue Origin and also Boeing and Sierra Nevada. SpaceX are all weird. Doing. Like there's just always weird things in the sky. And then later they're like, it's SpaceX. And it's like, why do they not tell us before? Like, Great why call. do they wait till everyone's like, Freaking is it out. an alien or is it chemtrails? Like, why? Why <laughs> yeah. did they do that? Those pranksters. They do tell us beforehand. It's just that no one really like. Knows do we need to it. follow them on Twitter? Like, what I do we do? I don't think so. I don't know. Most of my, like, my space friends are always like, there's launch tonight. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I just don't so follow the, the news know. that you much. Be but, like, you got to check usually, in with your NASA friends. They yes. usually announce it beforehand. So if you get, like, there's a launch manifest, I think you can, oh. like, they tell you roughly when the dates are. And, like, oh. they slip and they change. But, like, you, they usually tell you. And they, I think SpaceX knows, like, five years in advance what its missions are. Damn. Because they have to sell it. They have to sell it to get the money to build the rocket right, to right. launch it. So, so you're writing know. a book. Do you believe in aliens? Aliens have nothing to do with my book. I'm just asking. <laughs> as question. someone who studies Side space. Question? Yeah, well, because she's, um, she's making right now a documentary about aliens. Right, yeah. right, right. So okay. if she could get a good quote from you, that'd right. be valuable. Some people call them cats. I call them aliens. It's the whole thing. <laughs> now I just want to snuggle my kitty. Um <laughs> Who was named after an astronaut, incidentally. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, I would have guessed on that one. Pete Conrad. Um, <laughs> full surname. He has his own surname. Um, aliens, there's, I think there's the odds of like some other life somewhere uh-huh. at the time are very high. <laughs> Whether they're going to be Put like sentient and enslaved humanity, away. I don't think so. Whether there's like very simple bacterial life somewhere, probably. I think okay. we should do this all again and we should have done Arrival. Oh, we haven't done Arrival yet. 
That's I'm part down. two. I'm down with that. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen Arrival. Because oh, that's great. all the space stuff plus aliens. Right, mm. yeah. It's basically Apollo 13, but aliens have right. Oh, wait, did too. I watch the wrong movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Apollo it. 18. It's Apollo 13 with aliens. Oh, gotcha, You guys gotcha. should really watch Apollo 18. It's terrible. I'm yeah. nervous. It's like differently excited. terrible than Nazis on the moon, too. I don't know about that one either. That's I forget what. Oh, Iron Sky. That's it's like Iron Nazis. Sky. Yeah, Nazis built a base on the far side of the moon after the Second World I War, and they it. just like come back to the Earth. <laughs> Weirdly, it's very bizarre. Whoa. Yeah, it was a weird one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, listen. Since we're at this uh, ending plugs area, well, tell us about your book. What's the deal here? Um, I'm Can not. I'm. It? I'm not talking about it yet. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's a not, secret um, book. So yeah, it, it should <laughs> be. It should look look for a untitled work uh, by me in the. Fall untitled if, by title. If the untitled by title, if it uh, if we go according to plan, it should be fall. But okay. um, I can't say anything else about it yet. First book, um, debut book. Nope, second book. Second book. What's Woo-hoo. your first book? My first book is uh, Breaking the Chains of Gravity. It's available Amazon anywhere books are sold. Great. Um, it's about the, the, how how NASA came to exist. Basically, it's narrative cool. nonfiction. It's readable science. I promise. Cool. Um, so kind of like Ball yeah. Thirteen. Yeah. Narrative nonfiction. Yeah. I would say that's that's the genre. Um, so that. yeah, narrative nonfiction. We got there. Yeah. We finally got narrative there. No- it took uh, literally an hour. Wow. It took an hour, <laughs> and we could describe the film. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, right. So yeah. So in the meantime, I will play. Plug, I guess my YouTube channel, because that's where I do most of my stuff. It's Vintage Space. Just search Vintage Space on YouTube, because I don't know if I actually have a vanity URL anymore. I think it's broken. But yeah, Vintage Space, you'll find me. Um, and everything links from there. Great. Okay. Very cool. Heather. Very cool. Oh, God. When does this air? What should I plug? This airs. This is going to be the next one, right, Brett? This airs Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, yeah. well, I have a bunch of shows coming up. I'm doing one at the Ha Ha Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a fun one. If you go to heatherpastorank.com, I post all my shows. I'm doing one on at Dynasty Typewriter. I have a monthly show at the Virgil. Ooh. Basically, if you're in L.A., hunt me down, find me. If you're not in L.A., get here. I love Dynasty Typewriter. I love the Virgil. What's your monthly yeah. show at the Virgil? It's called Fat Cat Comedy. It's a really fun show. Where um, And actually, our next one, we have special guest Jeff Garland. That'll oh. be really fun. That's on the 18th, I believe. Yes. December 18th. It's a really fun show because we put up comedians who are newer and then we put up veterans and we like mix it up and encourage everyone to do experimental stuff. So it's a really good time. It's a fun venue too. Yeah. Virgil rocks. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And other than that, I'll just be home petting my cats. (laughs) <laughs> Great. And taking requests to whisper to others. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. I had a great time. Thank you for having yeah, us. When's you. your next show, Ethan? Uh, I have no shows coming up. You don't? No, no. Holidays off right now. What an right animal. Now. What an animal. I know. I'll be at home also talking to my cat. And okay. Fair enough. To my cat, cuddling my cat, watching Apollo 18 and yes. Iron Sky. Yes. Also Iron known Sky. as Arrival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll be watching Arrival, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Um, Okay, great. See you guys next time. Good times. Cheers. Bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our social media producers are Kate Baker and Edward Gullett. And the executive Apollo Ducer is Brett Kushner. 
I'd also like to quickly thank Brent Butler for again helping me out on that intro. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show or send us an email at badscienceatseeker.com. Some of these film requests we've been getting via email are so great that we're going to start putting them on the podcast. So email in with the film that you want us to do, and hopefully we can have a phone conversation that I'll record and put here at the end of the podcast. Right now, some films people have been asking for are Deep Blue Sea, Face Off, The Fifth Element, and a whole lot more. So weigh in on those. Tell me about another film I'm not thinking of. And be sure to tell a friend about the show. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next week where I believe we will be talking about Mean Girls. If you haven't seen Mean Girls, very highly recommend it. Bye.